Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, otherwise known as the Groundhog Day podcast. Um, well, we had a blissful 13 days without losing, uh, mainly because we didn't actually play. Um, but we came back down to earth with a bump against the mighty Wigan. Um, I'm Chris Charles and joining me tonight are two fellow fans and pod regulars and one absolute QPR legend. So first of all, Charlie Wise, Talking Rangers, not seen you for a while. Welcome back. I know, long overdue. What a time to come back and talk about the current affairs. <laughs> Can't think of a better time. Oh, mate. Um, Paul Finney, um, who learned the hard way. Sorry, I'll start that again. Paul Finney, who learned the hard way that uh, April Fool's was no joke up at Wigan. Please tell me you didn't work on that joke all day because that's shocking. If that's the best <laughs> you can do, come back. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm good, Chris. Got stinking cold and um, I'm all right, though. So you probably wouldn't understand the word I say, but no one ever does anyway. Well, oh, thanks for calling me a legend. We've got Ian here as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks for supporting the surprise. Yeah, last and definitely not least, Ian Holloway, uh, legend as a player, legend as, legend as a manager. Welcome, Ollie. Oh, yeah, Chris, you're a fantastic lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I had a good chat with you yesterday on the phone, and um, it's quite noticeable during that chat that you're still referring to QPR as we and us. Uh, the club obviously means a, a great deal to you. Yeah, just slightly. Yeah, when I when I got sacked the first time, my daughters haven't been to football since. They thought QPR was belonged to dad, and it doesn't. So uh, oh. they, they haven't ever watched since, and uh, don't think they've missed much. But there you go. Uh, obviously, <laughs> it's a wonderful club. It's a fantastic. It was an honour to play for it, to know Jerry Francis and see how he talked about it for years and years before I got there, and and what it meant to him and his family. Um, was somewhere else and then to actually pull that shirt on when I'm 29 years old um, when I didn't believe I, I could get there in the end was uh, somewhat special absolutely so and the team we had was was different class well it was yeah I mean before we talk about I'd just like to sort of chat a bit about that because um, I remember one story when I did the BBC column for you which uh, worryingly was about 15 years ago you, you told me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't believe I ain't gone yet, have you? Yeah. I'm six. I'm sixty. My dad died at fifty-nine. I've actually beat my dad at. Uh, I, uh, I beat him in life. <laughs> good for you, David. Well, my dad died at sixty-one, so fingers crossed, I'll, I'll get there as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, one, one of the. I mean, there's so many great memories, but I mean, Old Trafford, like the full one, mm. is probably um, is probably right up there. And I, I remember you telling me a story that um, Jerry was looking for you for the team talk, and he couldn't <laughs> you. So just, just remind us of that again. Yeah, I, I was dying to play at Manchester United obviously and um, as I just said I'm 29 years old I get there I'm, and I'm in the team so I always got pretty nervous and uh, with me that was not just butterflies it felt like uh, elephants so I was in the crapper I was in the toilet I was gone probably my third time where's Ollie where is he I said it's alright Joe I can hear you carry on I know I know me role anyway keep going <laughs> said, get out here I said I can Wait, uh, keep talking. I can hear you. So, uh, and to be honest, the funniest thing about all of it is, yes, I was nervous. We go out there and we're two nil up before I touch the ball. <laughs> and I said to the lads, keep it away from me. We're doing really well. <laughs> what a day yeah, that was, though. I mate, mean, that, what a day, but what a performance. I mean, yeah. 
Good gracious me, Dennis Bailey. Wow, what about that? Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Where did he go after? I felt for him. Yeah, I don't know where he went, but you know what, Ian? That that day I felt we didn't get any praise at all, did we, from the media? It was kind of like, hi, bad man, you were... How bad they they blew up at our foot, but we beat a few teams that season. We, you know, hammered Leeds as well, who went on to win it. You know that, that that was a great QPR side, mate. It was, but the fact that I think the shock was he left out he left out Giggs, Giggs and Konchelskis, and it was a shock to his team that he left both of them out. You know, he tried to bring them up both on later on, but it, it was you know it played right into our hands. But not not mm. funny. Everything we went in. You know, oh. I think I think Sinner scored, or or Simon Barker scored, and I just thought, God, how, how did that, how did that roll right to us there? And then Dennis turned turned poor old Steve Bruce inside out. It was unbelievable. I, I honestly, everything we touched. Yes, we played well. Yes, we were a good team, but everything we touched that night went our way. You know, honestly, it was a bit like uh, Bolton on the weekend against Plymouth. Everything went Bolton's way. It was unbelievable. You know, but you got to make it go your way. I was delighted to play in that team. But, you know, the first time you go to Old Trafford and you smash them, I can remember still having a beer in, in their bar. They, they were all like shaking their heads. What's going on here? <laughs> I said, you, you were lucky to get one, let alone, you know, come anywhere near us. We smashed it, but it was super. It could, be, it could be more as well, though, because we, we dominated them. Absolutely dominated them. Yeah. Yeah, but... We, we we were quite good and, and but they were off colour that night, weren't they? Let's face it. And normally at home at that time they, they were they were like streets ahead of everybody else and they used to get penalties and god knows what because they'd all cor- corral the referee and sh- scream and shout at them. But you know, whatever we did that night, it worked. And I I'm glad. You know, really, really proud of that performance. Now Charlie, you were should about- be. Charlie, you were about minus 10, I think, in 1992. Um, but he only my... looks about 10 now. That's a paint on beer. Come on, Jeez, Jazz, what's going on? <laughs> I love that fringe. Can you imagine me with that fringe? Thought I saw a surfer on there just now. <laughs> so, Charlie, you, you obviously oh. remember Ian um, from the management days, just about, and you must have heard you know, all the stories of that legendary team, seen footage and everything else. I have, yeah, I've had it fed down from my dad, um, all those good days. Um, but yeah, more so remember, obviously, your your more recent spell at the helm uh, and, of course, an interesting one. But have you got, um, just, bef- just yeah, just nice to bring something to the conversation that I can actually relate to. Um, <laughs> have you <laughs> have you got like a, a standout, let's go for like a your best moment and like your worst moment from that, that recent managerial spell? Um. Well, realising that I wasn't a manager anymore in the way that I found out that they'd already yeah, promised it to imagine. Steve, Steve McLaren eight or eight or seven or eight months before they told me and they, they seemed to know about it and I didn't, was, wasn't very good. And about three days after I lost my mum, that wasn't very good, but such is life, you know. But, you know, with me, there's, there's nothing that I got to raving up with Steve McLaren because I know what he was doing. He was, he was watching our team play because he knew he had the job. And then he was talking to one of the directors and one of the directors would ring me on a Sunday and say everything that he said. So I went, well, who's telling you this? Because you don't know this nonsense. And I did that because I believe that was the right thing to do. You know, in hindsight, I might not have done that. So, you know, who's telling you all this? I knew I knew some something was up, but, you know, still hurts. And it still hurts me now because really the job I was asked to do was was 
I did. I got some young kids in the team. I got out some heavily overpaid players that ch- changed the books by, I think it was 25 million. I saved them. Mm-hmm. And I still kept us up. Unfortunately, we could have been up probably 12 games earlier and we had an- yet another bad run like we seem to have it with our club. We have bad runs when it matters. You know, may- maybe it was about not having the right mentality. Our team had a mental block only in two games against the bottom of the league. Swindon, son. We lost Omen away to Swindon that year. We finished fifth and finished the top London club. And and for me, I was right. fuming because we didn't we didn't show the right attitude, you know. And sometimes that ain't what you need. And unfortunately, I believe our club has the mentality to do that sometimes um, don't think they mean it but I think it happens and you know we do like a, a nice fancy damn player don't we we do we've always liked a nice flitty farty skillful player but what about the rest you know your team needs to be made up with proper winners proper people who win the ball back give it to the ones who can play and get the balance right and you know it at this particular moment in time when I was there we had a very, very good balance. Jerry worked hard to get the balance. When I came back, I had no chance of getting the balance. So I had to get rid of them. Three years later, we got a fantastic balance of QPR supporters and skill. You know, even Gareth was one of my players in that, and he had everything. He had he had the the fight of a a workaholic fighting cock, and he had the skill to score from twenty five yards in two games. Where in in one game, twice, I thought, "What are you doing shooting from there, mate?" And it flew in, but. Yet we still drew that game against Russian and Diamond. So it, life life is tough. And what you got to do is appreciate who you are, where you are and what the club means to you. And then take that joy along with you. Because at the minute, there ain't no joy, is there? There was plenty of joy for me, no matter what, because I didn't look what was happening around me. I wouldn't use that as an excuse. And that's what you might not know, son. We, we, we were threatened. It's like the men in black. I, I, I had the zapper, you know, and I didn't want any of you <laughs> lot to know, but... What I did, I felt quite well, was I had forums and I shared it with you because we aren't famous anymore. We're actually going to go bust if we do another thing wrong. They would have got rid of us if we went broke one more time. So, you know, at the end of the day, what I had to do was slowly rebuild. But um, So the good part of it was building with the people like Kevin Gallon, Mark Bertram. They all came back. Martin Rowlands, who, who loved the club. I brought Paul Furlong in. I wanted to beat people up because they moaned about him playing for Chelsea. For me, that was no... He was 36. He was going to get me goals, and he did in the end. So, you know, really, you you got to stand up for what you believe. But I believed in the club, and I believed it was a working-class area of London, which was tough to live in. And they loved their club, and they didn't want to see it go under. And, and over my dead body, was I going to let the best club I ever played for go under? And I think that showed the um, what I would say, you know, was it more disappointing the second time rather than the Garden League situation when they when they did that with McLaren? Because it, that that is that unusual in football. So we don't obviously know these things, and we don't work in football. We we just see it from you know from the terraces. Uh, it's t- and stuff totally like unusual. That. It's totally outlandish. You know the fact that Steve was there before and Tony thought he did a brilliant job, and then Steve went to Derby and I they brought me in because it was Tony who brought me in. Um, and then when Steve was available, Tony decided to tell him, no matter what the job I was doing, was like that he wanted him as his next manager, which is totally unusual. You know, if I get that phone call, come along and watch us playing, 
I'd say, well, get rid of your manager, then I'll do it. Because that's what, yeah. we, that's that's the sort of rules you should live to, you know? But you shouldn't be going and watching somebody else's team knowing that you're going to be the manager. No matter what brief happens was, to him. And your brief was to play the kids, wasn't it? To play, keep the wage bill down. Well, no, I had to get the, the wage bill down. Otherwise, yeah. we'd, have been, we'd have been thrown out of court. You know, we were, we were leaking money left, right and centre. And I've had that twice I've been there. So I, I right. never had it in a good situation. You know, the first time um, we were 5.6 million when I took over um, the budget. And by the end, I got us back promoted again. It was 2.8. So I actually cut the budget in half and put them back where they were by one place. One place short of when Jerry got a bonus for doing ever so well. He finished 10th, I finished 11th. And then they still only gave me a one-year contract and they tried to get rid of me the following season. Because Paolo, um, oh, I nearly said Paolo Di Canio there. Um, good old Gianni Palladini and, and whoever was behind him, they wanted to bring their own people in. That's who got rid of me at the end, you know. But um, my team, if you remember, they kept coming back from 1-0 down and winning for me. Because um, he was going to get rid of me then. But that's life, you know. you got you got to deal with, that's football. And I'm in it. But when you do a half-decent job, I think you should get some credit for that. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, I don't think I did. And, you know, really since then, I haven't been the same. I, I didn't feel that was correct. I haven't put it straight with Steve McLaren face-to-face. -face. I can't wait to do that. You know, because at the end of the day, you should have some morals about how you get a job. And if they've already got someone in place, you should tell them when you've got rid of him, I'll talk to you. And that should be it. That's how I feel. Not every not every one of us is the same, though, are we? So, good luck. And and what I'm saying now, I, I still care about the club, like you won't believe. And I won't say anything bad about it. I will not. I I I'm talking about personally how I felt, which I'm allowed to. I'm relating that to you. But you know, at the end of the day, they've made some choices, and whatever they do, they're the people on the floor, and I trust them with it. You know, and even when it's going wrong, I know my job is to make sure that I still bring the energy that the team needs. And this is what I wanted to say tonight. For me, Neil Warnock has gone into Huddersfield, right? And let me tell you, I was up, I interviewed him last week. And this is fresh. What he does, he makes everybody feel better about themselves than they were before he came. And he does that with every single person there. That's what I had to do with my group. Told them not to think about that. Keep your eyes on what we're doing and here we go. And I had to try and explain to the fans when we lost to Vauxhall Motors, hang on a minute, there's some kids here. We're, we're not the QPR. Give me some time. We'll be all right. But I needed you to help me by cheering on the team, bringing that energy that they can't produce for themselves at the moment. And this is the problem. They're at the worst time they've had for years, right now, again, and we need to get behind them. We don't need to moan and, and look at people to blame. I believe we got the right bloke now in Gareth. Because he played how I need our team to play now. They need to fight for every single ball. They need to do things that people can't do. And they need to work as a unit and as a team. And he's done it for 10 years. He's never changed clubs. He's never gone in to help a new team who ain't got that confidence. He's a massive bloke to follow with his enthusiasm. and his, It's almost like a cheerleading. Let's go. And the crowd needs to follow that as well. And I know QPR, they might even be saying, oh, you don't play the right style of football. And 
you know what I mean? Our style of football at the minute is losing because we fanny around with it too much, in my opinion. Right? Why are we passing it in the midfield and getting caught? Why is Dickie looking like he, he wants to pass and pass and making a load of mistakes? You're a defender, son. Just defend. Right? But at the minute, everything's about pass, 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 pass. Our identity, well, I'm sorry, ain't working, is it? And if things ain't working, you've got to change it. And we all got to stick with it. And for me, you're going in that ground. Is our next game Friday? Isn't it? Mm. Everybody who goes into that game, you need to help the team. You really do, by singing your hearts out. And I'm sorry, even if you're losing, you've got to sing your hearts out because that's what they need at the moment. They need to get that feel-good factor back somehow instead of, oh, we were top of the league, we're doing this, we haven't won for this, we haven't blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's all so down. We can't do that. Imagine going to school and your teacher's telling you you're crap all the time. Ain't going to work, is it? It don't work. I had, I was only good at two subjects in school because the, the teachers had enthusiasm for art and PE. The rest of them, my math teacher was an absolute lunatic who threw rubbers at you if you if you got it wrong. I hated him. Didn't inspire me at all. What we need to do is to get behind our team. And that's what Neil Warnock's asked the Huddersfield fans to do. Because they got more to moan about than us, this, let's be fair. They were in the playoffs last year. They lost their manager, Corbran, and now look at them. So there's other teams that could also be moaning about where they are, not just us, right? So I'm asking and I'm begging you, please, please go there with a different, more upbeat attitude to help your team. And I'm saying to the team, take some responsibility, Matt. Get out there and work like a fan would. Go and run your arts out like a fan would. Huh? That's what we need you to do. And if you do give the ball away, get back and bloody win it back like you should do. Work harder. And do you know what? When you work harder, your luck changes. Because that's what we need. And we need it right now. And listen to your manager and do what he says and be more like him. Right? All this fancy damn bullshit of knocking it left, right and centre. Get the ball out wide, get it in the box and sort things out and get the bodies in there and then defend like you mean it. And then, do you know what, lads? Then we might have half a team, might we? We might. I believe we'll have a chance of winning then if we can do all those simple little things. But I'm asking you and I'm begging you to go there, not with an attitude that you want to blame anybody else or Les or whoever's in charge. All I'm asking you is get behind Gareth and the team. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get. Do you get what I'm saying, Chris? Yeah, that's what I'm begging you. I'm about to put my kit on, Ian. All of you to go and do that and help them, because that's what's happening at Uddersfield. They forgot how bad they've been, and they are getting on the Neil Warnock bandwagon, right? Gareth Ainsworth deserves us all to cheer him on and help him with this team, and forget that we were top of the league at a time of the season that didn't matter. Anybody in the sunshine can play some nice football when it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? And then the manager changed. He, I was delighted he was going to stay. Bealy and all of that. We can't change that now. He's gone. Right? What we got to do is sort out a better squad than we've got right now, but get it stay in this division because that squad has major flaws in it. Yeah. When the tough... Where do they go when the tough are needed? When the going gets tough, that song, yeah. when the going gets tough, tough get going. Well, they don't, do they? Where do they get going? They crawl under the bloody railings and get out of the ground. Any chance of standing up, stop blaming everybody else, take some responsibility. 
That's what I want to see. And I know Gareth can do that. He's done it at his last club over and over again, right? But it took him a while to build it up. And what we've got to do is get away from what we're all thinking. We ought to be at the top. We ought to be this. We, be, we might get relegated, chaps. So let's make that place terrible for the opposition to play and great for our own team to play. You know, that's how I feel. And I know fans might not like me to hear to say this, but I have been in that dugout knowing that I need you to help me with my team. Why is everybody injured all the time? Oh, God. Why? What is all that about? You know, that's a pressure, that's a mental pressure, and they're not playing through the pain for the club. So, whoa, are those characters good enough? No, I don't think so. Well, Gareth, but we Gareth, need them. Gareth played on with a broken leg once, didn't he? Or tried to tried to run off a broken leg. So, I mean... Um... Mate, he knocked, a, he knocked a dug out because he tried to hit the fullback. He knocked it. We were down at Cheltenham. He knocked it a yard further away from the pitch and he got went back out that. there. Nearly, nearly broke his shoulder, went out there and smashed the bloke again. Because, and I didn't have to give him that. He cared, right? The team that I built cared. And I know some of these lads do. What I'm asking you lot to do is show them how much you care. Yeah. I no, think the, tr- in, the, tr- the, the, the trouble is in, sorry about this, but like, I'm, I'm not being negative. I'm just being honest. On the tr- you mentioned people going missing. There was, there was a couple of cases on Saturday where players went down to get off the pitch. And you could see that because our own players were telling them to get off then. If you're not, if you don't want to, if you don't get up, stand up and fight, just get off the pitch because next season they'll be at different clubs. They're on loan. And there's a, that, there's a weird sort of mindset at the club. There's just, there's not, not that bond between the fans and the players that we need and we have, that we love. It's just, it's quite toxic and it's, it's horrible to, to, to watch that. And I don't know who's to blame. Is it the fans? Is it the players? Is it the recruitment? Is it the loans? Who the hell knows? But something's not right. They're also yeah. the players also played for three different managers this season. So I don't know as a player how you know if you went through that, like three different managers, three different styles, three different team talks. I guess for those who do want to play, it can be a bit confusing. Well, it can be confusing, yeah. And and if you like the manager, if they, they obviously like the first manager they had, yeah, you know, they obviously got on well with him and things were flowing and it was going well. But you know, when it when that's when that, Wolves came in for him and what he said, I thought it was great. Really well done, you know, yeah. but we lost the next five games in a row That's and he right. was still there and he said he wasn't going. Why was that? You know, wh- why aren't they concentrating on what they need to do and keep, and, and the thing should be, because I'm telling you, he would have regretted that four or five ga- losing games in a row at QPR and what happens to your reputation as a manager? No, what happens to it? You start yeah, to worry. Sure. You you start to worry about what the the because you can't get to the main chairman. You can't get to him because Les is there. Les has got him. So there's somebody ahead of you all the time. Now I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm saying that's the fact. I had it. Why weren't Tony talking to me? Why weren't Ruben talking to me? Why are they talking? And that's you take that job. That's what you do. Gareth I'm at that where he's come from. He was the main man with the owner. The owner would come and see him every day. So you know where you stand. And it QPR, a lot of them haven't known where they stood. Even when you think you're stood in the dugout and you're the man and you're doing a half-decent job, they still replace you. So, you know, part of it, look at Chelsea. Look at the state of them. You know? Honestly, it don't matter what you spend. 
It's how unstable you make it, right? And how you and treat how many, people. Honestly, and it's how you it's how you treat people. And you can try and build a club and have everything in place. And if you can't get to where you're going, you're gonna have to look at it again because you ain't got the right vehicle to get you there. So something's mm. got to change. It ain't always just the manager. How many of those other staff have stayed in place since I was there four or five years ago? How many of them? I went out there the other day. There's loads of them still there. You know, hang on a minute. You ain't got us there yet. What are you still doing? And um, Oh, my God. Our, our youth team can't win a game. It's, life's about winning. Yeah, and you can't keep putting the young ones up to test them all the time and, and then let them lose all the time because you'll get a losing atmosphere. What you have to do is build something. And I'm asking the fans to help the team right now, not moan at the board, right? Because right now, we need at least two wins, at least probably three. We need, right? And I can't see where they're coming from, neither can you. But they ain't going to come if we all go there on Friday and start moaning. Ain't. That ain't the atmosphere that those players need to help. They need some help now. They can't muster it themselves. They need all those super hoops to get right behind them and sing their hearts out. Even if we're losing, you sing your hearts out, you keep going and you make an atmosphere where your players aren't afraid to fail. My Blackpool fans did that for me and they did it every week. This is the best trip we've ever been on. Right? And that's what we need. And can we do this when we're really up against it and we don't believe and we know there's some problems within that group you know and what i'm saying is we need to trust that we can get gareth to sort it out once he keeps us in there no way do we need to go down no way but if we do i think we got the right bloke in place to get us back up immediately but you the, know the trouble is the trouble is Ian, as you know you don't need me telling you this that the mindset is right manager here comes a bus of doom throw the manager in front of it because we're not looking anywhere else for the issues so we're just going to keep throwing managers in front of it and it comes to a stage where you, A, you run out of managers and B, you run out of patience as a fan base because just you don't get to know these guys. You know, you came back, you did what you were told, as in youth, top wage bill, everything else. You still got replaced. You know, we've got to, and we've got to be loyal as well because that's what QPR should be. We should be loyal to people. We have to be. So it's that kind of club. Yeah, well, you weren't loyal to Critchley, were you? Didn't really give him much of a chance. I thought he did well at Blackpool. I don't think the fans turned on him to be fair. I think the fans were kind of like, if anything, in the podcast we did afterwards, everyone felt sorry for him. It was kind of like, well, you know, what could he do? You know, it's, it was one of them ones where he didn't really get, I don't think he got a chance personally. I've said that at the time. It's, it, it's hard. I felt sorry for him. Why didn't he get a chance? What, the players didn't give him a chance? I don't, well, I think it's the results weren't great. Um, people, there was talk of protests against Slayers and the board and this, that and the other and perhaps he felt it was more aimed at him and perhaps the board felt that they had to move him out and bring in someone more popular to re-galvanise Let's hold on, let's go back right back to when I I believe our problems started we had Neil Warnock who got us up did an absolutely magnificent job I couldn't have done what he did in making Abdel Tarat our our captain Right, I wouldn't have given him the captain's armband Right, because I didn't think he deserved it, but that was a stroke of genius. Because look what he did, and all of a sudden he gets replaced by Mark Hughes. How, how, can, how can that be? How can that be right? When is that a decision? When is that a sensible decision? Right, when Neil, all Neil has ever needed to do in his life to be one of the greatest managers of all time, if not the greatest, in my opinion, 
with a low budget and how he keeps going, was to keep a team and a club in the Premier League. Right? Otherwise, they say that, oh, you're not good enough because you couldn't keep that club in the... What if the club ain't got the right finances? eh? What about that then? Yeah? But QPR could have, should have, and should have left him in charge and he'd earned that right. But, oh no, in comes the old Mark Hughes' agent who was the biggest at the time, getting flattered by all of those people and blah, blah, blah. Talk a good game, spent a fortune, and we've still not stopped paying for it. Absolute horrendities. Yeah, right? I can't disagree with that. It's an absolute horrendity. And we keep getting caught into that because we almost, do you know what I mean? We're, we're like a, some sort of ballerina. No, 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 no. What sort of horse are we? Are we a racehorse? Are we a cob? Are we somewhere in between? Right? Mm. We need all sorts of bloody people to make us our club right. We ain't in the posh part of London, are we? You know, we ain't, are we? But uh, let me say, I'm very proud of that area. I'm proud of the people in them flats who keep coming and keep loving our club. I'm proud of that. That's what I, the affinity I had. A working man's club, I believe we are. And they tried to change us. God damn it. And all that nonsense. And they sacked all the wonderful people and brought in some beautiful people who didn't care about the damn club. What a load of rubbish. And I watched that program they did. It was a disgrace, by the way. Bigging themselves up. That ain't QPR. Honestly. We ain't plan? that sort of club. We ain't. I don't ever want to, don't ever want to talk about that. You know, Jerry's mum and dad, absolute fantastic people, right? Working man, fantastic people, loved QPR, still lived in the same house that they, just over the road, right by the motorway going past, absolutely proud as punch that their son played for England and, and QPR. Do you know what I mean? Come on. That's what we are. And let's just get back to a bit of goddamn normality. You know what I mean? And, and all I'm saying, our owners should be just calm and keep going and make sure we get the right things going through the club. Hard work, determination, not just tippy-tappy bullshit at times. Right? We don't want the fancy Danners. We don't. Right? We want a proper team who plays the proper way and it doesn't have to be like Guardiola's team. You know, because that is nonsensical. How many goals have we given by rolling it out, rolling it here, rolling it out, rolling it here? What is wrong with it in a in a ball in behind their opposite fullback when he's gone too far? What's uh, what's wrong with getting behind people? What's what's wrong with that? What's wrong with every now and again doing something slightly different? Do you know what I mean? Instead of getting predictable, and then you're asking people to do that when they ain't got no confidence. It's a recipe for disaster. Right? You have to win games. And at the football club, they should win games. And my youth team were told to plan of action in a game. Right? I went, no, no, no. We're not doing that. Teach them how to win. Oh, no, we've got some things that we've got to teach them. No, no, no. You should be teaching people how to win and what to do when you're losing to take away the risks. Well, that's... That's certainly what we need at the moment. I mean, you know, it's, we're in desperate, desperate situation. I think anyone doesn't care how a win comes at this stage. What I would say is, though, when, when, because I know you had a situation, Leicester, you've always been a brilliant motivator, but you had a situation, Leicester, where it was like you players that you just couldn't get through to them. Am I right in saying that? And it wasn't. Well, we had, we had 72 players. That's why <laughs> it was, it was a bit like Chelsea, but in reverse, we, these weren't the best players. I had 36 year old two 36-year-olds who, who were on so much money 
I had a goalie come to me. I, I know I'm seventh choice, but I'm not going out on loan. I'm going to take their money. I've got another two years, so don't, I won't cause you a day's problem. What you got to do is, is have a look at what you've got. And, you know, at the end of the day, have we got the right balance, you know? And you can, you can go back to who's buying this, who's doing this, who's doing that, who's doing that. That ain't the time to do it. Now is not for me to come on here and say they've all got it wrong because I don't know if they have. What I'm saying is we got to forget that we were top of the league under a totally different manager. We got to forget we then gave it to someone else and now he's now gone. And we got to join in with Gareth and making it a safe place to come, providing you work hard. If you work hard, we'll have it, right? And if you keep going till the very end, we'll have whatever score you give us because we've seen you try your best. And if they're not trying, who should be telling them? Mm. Right? Should it be you moaning at Les, moaning at the directors, moaning at this, threatening to protest? Or should we be, come on, lads, and encouraging the ones we do like to try and help the ones who are struggling? And then trust Gareth's going to realise that that kid don't deserve to play. He didn't put his heart in it and get him out and put someone else in. Because Gareth won't be told who he can play. He'll pick his own team. It's not a problem. Right? So all I'm saying, what we need to do is get a QPR family back together. I had it when mm -hmm. we were broken in bits. We were split to death. We could have died. Right? I had a bloke come in and tell us, oh, you can't pay him. You can't sign him. I know. Okay. I don't care. I'm going to think this club's bigger than you, mate. Someone else will buy it. We'll get out of this. You shut your mouth. Right? And I had to try and beg you lot to come with me. And you did. It's all about trust. And I'm looking at it now and I'm saying, I tell you what, there you go, Gareth. Right? Because I know every day he goes in there. I've seen him. I've interviewed him in there. I've interviewed him at, at Wickham. And he brings an energy there that is, you cannot miss it. You can Right. So I'm asking us to join in with him and forget what's happened and get over the line. Right. We need to get over the line first. Get over that line. I would not want to drop out of the championship right now. I wouldn't. I mean, there's bigger clubs than us. God forbid. In, in that championship, uh, that first division is a graveyard. It's so hard to get out of. You know that. Ian, I mean it is absolutely horrifically uh, contestable. That's what I'm saying. The other you clubs there, they, they, yeah, they can do it. And it's so, 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 so tough. Right now, you don't want to be doing that because you'll lose a lot of revenue as well. Yeah. And we got yeah. a lot to focus on. Maybe that's part of it. We're focusing on the back, the ground and the rebuild. Some of it's exciting, but there's just the team. At the end of the day, the team, the team, the team, the team, the team, the team, the team. And what we need to do, they need our help right now. They don't need someone like me coming on and telling them they're not working on it. I'm just asking them, please try as hard as you can because the fans will show you how they care. That's what I'm asking for because that's what Gareth needs. He needs that behind there then, singing on it, right? Super Boom, my army. Here we go. Come on. Let's get it. Belting around the ground no matter what the score is. Let's not judge anybody giving the ball away. Come on. As long as they work to win it back, come on. And that's what we need, right? Can we I, can do it. You know, we can do it. We have had 
Steve Yates changed everything for me. He came, he wasn't our best player, but he got player of the year one year because everybody fell in love with how he defended and how he cared about the club, right? Does that mean to say all our skillful players weren't good that year? No, no. We appreciated how brilliant he was in amongst all the flair. You need a balance. Do you know what I mean? And that's what Gareth, I believe, will get us. He did it with a club much, much smaller than ours. The budget that he had there was infinitely lower than what he's got in a minute. But we are paying, I believe, some players who don't deserve good money too good money. And that ain't his fault. So we need to clear them out. They proved wrong. They've got some ability, but they haven't got the right temperament. So they got to go. On to that point, Ian. Can I? I just want to come onto the back of that, and I want to just—I completely agree with everything you've been saying about Ainsworth. I'm—I'm I'm bought in. I think he's in this scenario. I think he's the right man to try and turn the ship around. But I just want to come on to this is exactly what you mentioned there around the players that he's inhibited, and the things that he can't inherited. Change. Sorry, yeah, the one he's got, inherited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he would <laughs> never <laughs> inhibit anybody. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big guy from Bristol, and I can't talk. But I know you got that word wrong there, kid. <laughs> Cheers, Alex. Um, Yo, come on, get players, on. I know what you meant. The players <laughs> inherited. Um, Better. There we go. Got there in the end. Um, I just want to get your perception from obviously the, the the standpoint that we don't get. Have you been in scenarios before when things have hit the fan, when when teams are in crisis, when the results aren't going the right way, where there's loan players that have been bought in? That don't buy in. They don't. They don't fight the same way that other players do. When when it comes to the end of the season, they're off. They don't have the repercussions. Have you been in that scenario before, where players simply simply just down tools uh, because they're gone at the end of the season? I think that is in some elements what we're facing a lot now. Have you faced that before? Um, if I had a lone player who didn't try harder than my team and I brought him in, he would be gone. I borrowed one from Watford, and. His first two games were horrific. I put him on a sub and I said, what's the matter with you, son? He went, I don't want to be here. I said, what do you mean? He went, oh, they've made me come here. So I rung Watford up. I said, you better take this pillow straight back. I'm not having it. No, I'm not having it. And what, what happened? He came from Udinese and he was moaning that he wanted to go back to Udinese. He didn't even want to be at Watford. Right? And I'm sorry, the way the game is these days, right? you got to be very careful who you bring in on loan, mm. right? You really have. And if you're trying to pr promote your own youth team, right, and your under-23s are getting beat and your under-18s are getting beat, and then, you know, you put a loser into your team, he ain't really going to start shining, is he? you got to be really, really careful. And all I'm saying, have a look at the scores everywhere. How well is it going? Right? So I'm saying we're bringing these people in and if it was a club thing that we're going to borrow people on loan, if those kids don't want to be there, what do you think Gareth will say to them and what do you think he'll do? Get, okay, get, so get yeah. lost, right? And that's what I'm saying. Now, if you're seeing that people are doing it, then they shouldn't be picked. And I know Gareth, I know that, and he won't put up with that and he won't pick them. Now, at the end of the day, are you suggesting that Mr. Critchley was picking them? I know him. I think he did a brilliant job for one of my old clubs. Not not this one, but one of my old clubs. He did yeah, a fantastic Blackwell. job. Mm. I was surprised he actually went to be a number two. 
with Stevie G. I oh, thought, no. what are you doing, mm. son? You, you could have carried on doing really well at Black, Blackpool. But what I'm trying to say is that we have to get to a situation where the player knows that he's playing for a really brilliant club of supporters who will sing even when you're losing to make sure that you play well for us, right? And if he's been taught about passing and passing and, and that's what the focus has been, that's easy to change, right? You can easily change that to make sure you start to win some games. And I'm not saying the style is wrong. I'm on about the attitude they're going out with. And I know Gareth. Gareth will change that attitude because it's on his mind every minute of every game. That's what he's had to do, make it a defensive structure, which is amazing because when I used to train him, he didn't want to do any defending. He wanted to stand out on the wing and bloody shoot from 50 yards. <laughs> but what Sometimes he's managed to do, what he's managed to do is get himself a structure where he's comfortable with it and he wants to probably bring that in now. The difficult thing is that style might be different to the other two managers this year. And that's excuses that are being made. So I'm saying if the fans, if the fans can make sure that the players are loved and cared for in any minute, no matter what, if we if I was going on Friday, I would be singing my heart out. The truth is, I don't want to go on Friday. I was invited on Friday. I don't want to go. I was up at QPR a few months ago. And it got so nasty in the thing that I was doing where one kid kept trying to get me to slaughter the club and say what's going wrong I told him to shut his mouth because he's annoying me I really did and it almost started a fight I didn't like I don't like us when we're not getting what we want do you understand I don't yeah. like our attitude sometimes at Queen's Park Rangers when we're not getting that big time performance what we want I don't like it and I've had to live through it and I was a big part of it at one time oh you ain't good enough that Holloway Ugh. give it to Wilkins Holloway you idiot yeah, well, I made Wilkins's, Ray Wilkins be able to run forward and go and shoot and score because I did his defending. He told me that himself. So hang on a minute. Why don't you shut your mouth, mate? Because I'm part of this team. I'm part of this unit. And I might be not as pretty as a midfielder as you would want, but hang on a minute. I'm doing a damn good job here. So what I'm saying, that's what we're like a little bit. And I don't want us to be like that right now. Honestly, we cannot afford to be like that now because that, atmosphere if you're a kid and you're going into the classroom and all your that class is disrupted and the teachers uh, do you know what you got every excuse under the sun if you go in and everyone is really positive we're going to do well today come on in that'll lift you to where maybe you can't get yourself that's what i'm asking us to do because i'm telling you you care i care gareth cares everybody there is doing it they care but i'm telling you those that group of players have a major fault. They don't argue with each other. They don't stir each other up, some of them. And they got to go. And they will go at the right time. But we need them now to put in some performances. And if they're not, I, do you know what? If they're not, I trust Gareth to weedle them out, get them by the ear all and get them out of the fucking dressing room. That's what I believe. Yeah. Because no, he wants to win. Do you understand? He wants to win. Yeah. He deserves better than this. So sort yourselves out. Uh, I, just, I just going, that. just going back. Sorry, Chris. Just going back there to the Bush Hall, Ian. That wasn't a. It was. It, it should have been a good night, and I'm, I'm sure for a lot of people it was a good night. But that clearly left a bad taste in your mouth. That 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 experience. Mate, I, I was half expecting it with the atmosphere. The atmosphere was terrible. They wanted me to talk about the team now. I don't know anything about the team. I haven't yeah. watched the team. 
I have, I've been so focused on doing the other things that I've had been asked to do. I probably know more about other, other teams than when QPR were doing well. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, and that, of course. To me, that, that didn't matter, right? I was surprised they took Beal in the first place. I know nothing about him, but oh, well, that was good. Oh, hang on. Wolves want him. It might have been better for him to go. They'd have had more chance to bring someone else. But at the end of the day, they made some decisions of who to choose. And it hasn't worked. So I'm saying, have a look at them as well. It can't be just who's making the decisions here. Hang on, here we go. Because if you're not getting there, you don't keep banging your head against the brick wall, do you? You change things and you keep moving and you have to do it. I went to Palace. I tried to play the same way as Blackpool. I had to go back to the way they were doing it. I would have ruined their season. I had to look at the stats, look at what they did and go back to their defensive structure and then counter-attack. Exactly how Dougie Freeman say up. And I was clever enough to do that. And I got them back on board. But I couldn't last the next season because Steve wanted something else. And that's the mm. whole point. Your managers only get a chance because the the owners want something else. As Steve said to me, oh, it's my show, Ollie. He signed a player that I didn't even know was coming. And I had the raving ump about it. And he went, it's my show. It's not yours. Jeez. And the truth is, the truth is, that's what it is. You know, Gareth has had a club and it was his club. He could more or less do what he wanted with that club, right? That ain't QPR. He's got a massive thing to change and learn and see how it goes. And, and do you know what? He's very clever and he'll sort it out really quickly. But what we don't need to do is start judging him, right? His record is easily Agreed. good enough, easily good enough from how he played for us, from what he's going to do. And if he goes a little bit more forward than, than we are used to, that ain't a bad thing at a minute because we're giving a fucking ball away everywhere, right? You have to be confident to play out at the right time with the right things. And if our players ain't confident, the last thing you want, you've got to change something. Right, and it's only clever little tweaks. It ain't old-fashioned. It ain't dinosaurs. Good God, how is Neil Warnock winning a game? It's bullshit. How can Tony Pulis win so many games? It's all bullshit. What you got to do is see what your team is and how good they are at the minute, and then help them over that line. So we need to help them feel a lot better about themselves and stop looking for people to blame. That's easy. We can't afford to do that right now. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I'll be fair with you. When I was first given the job, I wasn't good enough for you lot. I wasn't good enough. You wanted someone bigger, someone better. That's what Londoners want a lot of the time. Right. I'm sorry. That ain't always the way. Ask Chelsea might, what they might want. They never even wanted Potter. You know, it's absolute nonsense. I'm saying what we got to do is get the best out of our players ourselves. And you're not going to get that if you go there with an attitude and start moaning like people used to moan it, Paul Furlong, right? Because he played for Chelsea. That ain't a good enough reason to moan at him, is it? When he's trying to score goals for us, you absolute numpty. That ain't right, is it? Why are you bringing that up now? You're not helping him. He's my player. He wants to score for us. Why don't you shut your face about who he used to play for and get some support there? You know, and all I'm asking you to do is be a QPR supporter. And I know the love you got in your hearts, and I know it, and I felt it, and it's been absolutely so true. It's so blue and so true. I need you right now to help that team over the line, right? And I haven't even watched it play, 
and I don't really want to because I could probably put some names to the things that I'm saying. He ain't trying hard enough. He, I wouldn't let him get away with that. Like I did about Abdel Tarat, right? You lot loved him. I wouldn't have because he turned up late. He wasn't respectful. He wasn't this, he wasn't that, but he had a bit of brilliance about him and he won us some games. I wanted him to be the best him he could be. And I wouldn't let him get be late getting there. I wouldn't let him disrespect the rest of his team and give him the captaincy because your captain has to be the best at everything, not just playing, the best at everything. So what I'm trying to say to you, we are up against Neil Warnock, who has gone into Uddersfield and he's wafted away the horrible, smelly fart feeling of last year. And, oh, we've all got Carlos Corbran and all that. He's got rid of all of that. He's come back. Help me, will you? Can you help our players play well? I've heard him. Can you help us? Can you get a great atmosphere? They just smashed someone 4-2, you know, on the weekend. I, I sent him a message. Mm. Brilliant. Because what he's doing is making you feel fantastic. And who's doing that for us? I know Gareth is. Any chance of you lot helping on Friday? Yeah. I mean, like I you did. Like you did for me. Honestly. Yeah, we, we, like we did, mate. you I did mean, for me. I'm, I'm struggling to get a word in edgeways here, Ollie, because I know you're very passionate. But I was just going back to the thing you said um, about the characters in the team, about the characters you had. Uh, for me personally, I think what we lack is a lot of leaders. Uh, in fact, we don't have hardly any leaders. As soon as they go one nil down, they go into their shell, they retreat. What you had, what Neil Warnock had in Derry Hill on the left, with some leaders on the pitch. Yeah, but um, has Neil got out of Huddersfield? I don't know, to be honest. No, he hasn't. He's taken over a squad that is one of the worst he's seen, he said. But what he's doing is making them feel good about themselves. Yeah. In every way. Making them enjoy things, having a bit of a laugh, doing this, doing that. I mean, what is happening at QPR? Gareth does that at his last club. Doesn't matter, you know? We're, everything's too serious. Oh, my God. What the f is the matter with everybody? And all I wanted to do is to just try and make you see. Being in that dressing room is very much like being in a schoolyard and going into a lesson. You imagine you going into a lesson with a, with a teacher, right, who's trying to say something, and you're a bit nervous because you got... In your last few tests, you got them all wrong. And, oh, God, and it might start again. Oh, Christ. And then the crowd's then going to moan at the owners and you don't know where you stand. And you you got a hell of a lot of get-outs there. I want that taken away. I want the crowd helping the team. So they got no excuse. And they, they are encouraged to try as hard as they can. Let Gareth, he's seen who didn't do it last week. He's seen who keeps failing him. In you go, Gareth, with a new lot. And I want our crowd to walk in totally fresh, like... They've had the best three months of their lives. Like, you just won the effing lottery. Here we go. Happy days. Everything's sorted. You can go in there and just pretend to make that atmosphere what it is when QPR are great. Because there's no other place like it. There is no other place on a night match under the lights like Loftus Road when you boys are singing your hearts out. And that's what I think. Gareth needs and our team needs. Well, we did it for you against Oldham, didn't we? I mean, that's probably the best. That's my old point. Seen. That's my old point. That was the probably the best night of my life because you lot loved every minute, even when we weren't in front. And that helped Paul Furlong score that absolutely marvellous goal. Do you know what I mean? I remember the feeling that we had when we went 1-0 down away at Oldham. And my players looked distraught. And I said to... Richard Langley, come on, get in that far post. You can do it. And he got in and scored a goal. 
right? And that changed everything. And he spoke to me a few months about it. Ollie, oh, God, Christ, what's going on with QBR? I said, I don't know, mate. Got no idea, you know? But we had a chat about going back then and what you, what you have to do. And I've lived through all of this. I've lived through, God knows, nearly a thousand games. And I'm saying, at times when it's going terribly wrong, you need someone to bring everybody together. And I think giving Gareth that job is exactly what we need. And I need all of you now to put your faith and trust in that. No matter what you think about anything else, about Beal, about Les, about Ruben, about anybody else at the club at all, even the players, I'm asking you to say, do I trust Gareth to say the right things, to do the right things? To Is he experienced enough to actually get us out of this shit that we're in right now? And do you know what? I have an overwhelming, massive yes in my head if you can help him in making that atmosphere not a fearful one. The team can't deal with it. Young people these days aren't like the ones who, when I was brought up, they aren't. We were bullied within a winch, inch of our life to be strong enough mentally to deal with things. And if you weren't, you would fail. So us lot, we made it because we were mentally like, oh my God, they're not like that anymore. And I don't want them to be. Football is changing for the better. But what you need is you need a feeling. What is confidence? Confidence is an anticipation of a positive outcome. And all I'm hearing when you started talking, and I let you talk at the start of this, because I'm so <laughs> yeah, excited. That, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited about what I'm saying. I want you to all to realize is, is you haven't got that anticipation anymore. You haven't. And if you haven't got it and you're sat around waiting for things to go wrong, they ain't going to have it because they've been losing. And when you lose, you expect it to happen again. Right? I guarantee you the main one who hasn't got that attitude is Gareth. Because I know him. And I've seen him at work every single day. He, it's a joy for him to go to work. And he loves it because he has his music. He has his thing. He has his family. It's absolutely brilliant. Right? And who he is, he's exactly the right person for us now to trust. But he needs our help by encouraging the team that you lot currently don't like. That's the truth. You've gone off them. You don't trust them. You don't like them. And then we've got to forget all of that shit and help them over the line. Even if we limp there, even if we've got one eye closed, one arm behind our back, we've got to get over that line. Right? And I'm begging you to give even a tiny bit of what you gave me to this team right now, because they need it. God, yeah. Um, right, listen, we, we, we're, um, we're going to be wrapping up. So, Paul, Charlie, uh, Charlie first, anything else you want to say before we go into the R's end, which is just where we give our like, final thought? Um, can I ask um, a question, Ian? Yeah. Um, do you think... Now, this is obviously, besides, this is not me saying I'm not backing Gareth at all. Not at all. I am behind Gareth 100%. I just want to ask, do you think that for Gareth, that maybe this was, I'm going to put this in the right terms, or you're not going to, you're not going to uh, find me here. Uh, um, <laughs> I fear a bad given, question. Given, 
given the the shit show that QPR as a club are in right now, and this is in in fairness and testament to Gareth and his his belief and his ability, do you think that given potentially later down the line he could have got that QPR job, that he it was potentially like the wrong time for him to come, given his legacy at the club, given how much of a character he is, there was no need for him to take this this job now. And that potentially he could have he could have waited. It is testament to him. But do you feel like, given the shit show QPR are in at the moment, it um it it could potentially have been the wrong time? Anything could potentially be the wrong time. Surely you should ask Graham Potter whether it was right time for him to take the Chelsea job. Was it the right time for Chelsea to to have been Thomas Tuchel? You know, at the end of the day, there's some we're dealing with chaos. Football mm. is chaotic. And what you have to do is try and make some sense out of chaos. And all I'm saying, when I, when I, when I looked at who they were choosing and where they were going and what they want to do, yeah, it, it all sounds great on paper. You know, all these brand new young managers sound great on paper because they've just passed all their wonderful new exams. You know, but what life's about is having experience and understanding that you've worked in certain areas. You know how you motivate your team. You know when you're an underdog, you know, and... And for me, QPR will always be an underdog. We are never that huge team that we think we are. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, unfortunately, some QPR fans actually do think we're the biggest London team there's ever been. I don't agree with that. I, I don't. Right? We, are, we were fighting, punching way above our weight for years and years and years. We had a brilliant team with Jerry Francis. And don't, don't, don't talk about my team. They, they should have won the title, mate. You know, And, and I'm saying... That, Gareth felt it was right for him. And I spoke to him about it. I saw him two weeks before at his club and I, I was jealous. I, I thought it was brilliant what he had going. You know, it, the joy on their faces. And I knew some of the players. So I was up chatting to them. It was absolutely fantastic. And they were waxing lyrical about the bloke. And wow, I thought this, the, he's really come of age. What he hasn't got is the experience to make the change. Right, he's not used to stepping into a new situation. I guarantee you, he will be so shocked at how many how many staff he's got at that place, and how many how many of them are actually totally and utterly needed. I hate to say it, if I went in, I would have a right clear out and have a start again. But that's not my shout. Gareth, for me, should have been given the job a couple of years ago. Right. I didn't think Warburton should ever have been dealt with like that. I thought he was doing a great job. I thought we had some right pasty, wussy people when it came to the running at our club who went missing. Some of the more senior ones at the time, the ones I managed who helped us stay up for me, right? Jamie Mackey and, and uh, Nedham and Newt, they were fantastic people. Perch, James Perch. I couldn't give them a new contract. I told them and they still played out of their skin for us to keep us up, right? I don't think we've got that type of quality mentality in our dressing room at the moment. And I don't think the people Gareth's had to deal with and the relevant monies that they're getting is anything to do with it. I think some of our lads are not what we think they are and they're nowhere near where they should be and they're out on loan with us for a reason. They, you know, because they haven't done well enough at their own club to get in their team yet. So I, you, you know, you're you've asked me a question about our manager, and the last thing on this earth I would ever have 
about Gareth is that he's not experienced enough to take on Queen's Park Rangers in the championship and keep them up. If you're asking me, is he ready to take us up? No, I'd have no, to say, no, no. no, no, I'd have to say, well, I'm not sure about the overall setup of the club. Because if you're going to try and get a club up and you want to be the one that calls the shots about how you're playing, then surely you've got to be able to be the right-hand man with the people who are making those decisions. You know, I walked around the, I walked around the dressing rooms and saw loads of things written there. I thought, well, did a team do that? Do the team actually do what those words say on the wall? It's all right writing them on the wall. Any chance of having them ingrained in your mind and having a process that you don't progress in our club if you don't do these things? So I agree with every word on the wall, but I don't agree that we're enforcing that through our youngsters. So I'm saying to you, is QPR right for Gara? He's had a harder time building his old club than he's having to do with this if I'm they in. let him do it. This club at the minute, right, has got something wrong with it. That, that's that's had, my question. It's that's had something wrong with it. And it ain't Gara. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, given the shit show we're in now, is is QPR right for Gareth in this current circumstance? I'm saying, would it potentially have been right for potentially letting down the line if things do get in a different scenario? That's what I was saying. I wasn't saying, is Gareth good enough for us at the moment? That's, that was, wasn't my, wasn't my point. I, I think there's, there's still an element of QPR who want to see that fancy damn wonderful football. And they want to see us I'm outplay teams. Yeah, out, outplay teams, play, play like Man City, right? And maybe they look at Gareth that he didn't play like Man City. Well, you, you can't play like Man City because you're not Man City. And what you have to do is find your way and with the people that you're trying to build. And I know Gareth would be successful if he's allowed to bring people ready to play the way that he wants, right? And what he's got to try and do is make Dickie, who was brilliant last year, play a lot better than he's playing in a minute, right? Because if he's playing every week and he's giving the ball away and he ain't playing very well, that ain't helping, is it? So, and if we're asking him to have the ball, then I probably wouldn't ask him to have the ball at the moment. I'd probably play the other way and give it to someone else and ask him to do what he's in the team for, which is defend and sort your life out, son, because you were brilliant last year. And he was brilliant because he was heading things in, getting to things on the court. He believed in himself, right? So what I'm saying is, where, where has all of that gone wrong? It's nothing to do with Gareth, you know? And all I'm asking is for every single QPR fan to actually not even question whether Gareth should be there. Not even answer your question, because that's what's wrong with QPR at the minute. Those questions are being asked. Is it right? Oh, is it right? Really? Because what are we? Not, not for QPR, is what I'm saying. Not for not for not for QPR as a club. Is Gareth the right man for us? My question was being your your perspective as a friend of Gareth, who's an advocate of Gareth. I'm an advocate of Gareth. I think that Gareth is the right man for the job. What I was saying was is. Given the scenario that QPR is a club at the moment where we're on a severe decline, is it right for Gareth, for his own personal career and his own personal development, to chuck himself in the midst of a shit show and risk going down with that fire? And I don't, I'm not, this is not me saying that there's a higher risk, you know, with that timing. I'm not saying Gareth. Yeah, well, I, I think he's answered your question. He cared so much about taking the QPR job that he risked all of that. And that says it all for me. That's exactly that, what he's like. That's exactly who he is. Lots of people wouldn't have done. No, right? That's why I give him a lot of credit. Yeah. Lots of people wouldn't have done. And what I'm saying is, why haven't he got it in the past? Because it might not have looked like his football would suit what the board want. Well, what does the board want? 
You know, what does the board want? Are the board communicating with you? Do they have open forums where they come and tell you what they're doing like I did? Why ain't the club so open and a bit more, come on, let's do this. This is what we want. This is how we want it. You know? Yeah. And all yeah. I'm saying, those things are not for now. These things are not for now. And I am not coming on being a negative in any way, shape, or form. I took great offence at your question, and you tried to say it in a nice way. What you're trying to say, son, is QPR-itis. Right? <laughs> QPR are not the QPR they used to be, and they're in grave danger of going back to where they were and the shit show that I had. With these people in charge, you've got all sorts of money. And look how money, how much we've wasted and how much we've thrown away on wrong characters. Life is about trusting the people, and I trust Gareth to do it, and I need the fans. So right? I, I Whichever type question. of football, whatever, wherever you've come from, whether you've seen the Stanley Bowls, like some of our wonderful people, have, whether you've seen the great teams, it doesn't matter. Any young kid in a QPR shirt, all I'm saying, come on in, lads, let's go and cheer these boys on. Yeah, let's go and sing as if you've never started singing. Even if we're one down, it doesn't matter. This is your happiest days, Christmas Day every minute. Come on, let's let, let's let the team feel that because that's what's missing. Yeah. Right? Put it this way, if we win on Friday, then we win next Saturday, and then we win the next game. I'll phone you up and say, there you go. Thanks ever so much. That's what I'm talking about. If that if that happens, mate, we'll parade you around and I'll personally buy you... It's a, nothing a, to do with me. It's nothing to choice. do with me. I am a QPR fan. Yeah. Right? I've had to become one because I loved playing for you lot. And then I loved... It was a privilege to manage you twice. Right? So all I'm saying... I have that infinity and, and, and affection and I get it, right? And my I'm real. I came along when we were shit. We were shit. We didn't have stand bowls then. We didn't, you know? And I wanted to make us as good as that again. And my team now, I wish we played, I was brave enough to play the same way as I did at Blackpool with my team. I could have had Paul Furlong up the middle. I could have dropped Kevin Gallon off, Right. I could have had Gareth one side, pushed him right on. I could have Lee Cook the other. We could have played that wonderful, right, push me full backs in. How good could we have been? How much easier would it have been? You know, and I'd probably move Martin Rodens to being an attacking right back. Do you know what I mean? Who knows? All I'm saying is all of these things don't matter. We need to create a magnificent atmosphere for our team to play in, whether they deserve it or not. Yeah. And at the moment, I can't say they deserve it. But I'm saying it will truly, truly help. Brilliant. Like you okay. won't believe, right? COVID killed me and football. I was going into a ground. My wife had cancer before. You're not allowed to get within two metres of people. There was nobody in the crowd. And I'm thinking, hang on, one of my lads just touched that bloke there. Hang on a minute. I might give my wife this. He could have it. Mm. And that mm. ain't right, is it? Right? And I'm telling you, it was dead without the people who come and support it. QPR yeah. are nothing without their supporters. And I'm begging you right now, I'm absolutely begging every single one of you now to act as if that's your favourite team in the world right now, because I know it is, and they're doing as well as you've ever seen, and you're singing your head off as loud as you can on a karaoke machine to help them over the line. 
Is I'm, that I'm, too much? Is that too much to ask for? Do you understand what I'm asking you to try and create in that crime? That's what I'm asking. I, and I if, they, if they can't do it, right, after you've done that, then you can give them some stick. Is that fair enough? That's that's fair enough, mate. Listen, we, we've come to the end of the podcast. I thought you were only coming on for 15 minutes, but that's, that's brilliant, mate. Um, listen, at the end of the podcast, we have something called the R's End, where we just say just a final final thought. So we'll end with you, of course. Um Paul, uh, sorry, we'll start with Charlie. Um, your, your final thought, and, a, and, a, and we're not asking to ask you for a prediction, Ollie, but for Charlie and Paul, final thoughts and prediction for the uh, game against Preston. Um, I'll then, I've just got to make sure that I come back with, with no voice, otherwise I think Ollie might hunt me down. But uh, <laughs> I will. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking for you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I think you can't miss him with that haircut. I know. At least some of us have got air. Nevertheless. Ooh, um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mate, um, I just saw a little bold spot on the top there, kid. You're trying to hide it. Got to Where's that, Ollie? Yeah, Where's that, mate? Yeah, uh, it's at the back there. There it is. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. 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 Sure. You'll be like me I'm soon, sure. Charlie. You've got oh, a tiny... Got a long way to go there. there tiny, tiny sunroof coming. Oh. <laughs> yes, Charlie. Oh, what a podcast. Um, yeah, I think just... Uh, just to echo um, what Lee has uh, been saying to us, I think that, um, much to, to my belief anyway, the standpoint that um, I, I don't think that Ainsworth is, um, or Gareth is, is getting thrown under the bus. I think that the whole club come the summer needs complete assessment from from every level up, top to bottom, because um, there's many, many other problems that, no, yeah, there's many problems rooting throughout this club that have got us this decline. So, um yeah, I just wanted to to make it clear that my assessment was not of that Gareth isn't the man or he's the problem. It's uh, there's there's many a problem top to bottom that um, we need serious. What you're trying to say is, Charlie, is we've got 99 problems and Gareth isn't one of them. Of course, <laughs> if that means I get out of this podcast alive, then I'm that's what I'm happy to say. <laughs> uh, and I what's agree. Your, what's your prediction for Preston score, Charlie? Uh, probably six nil if Gareth is manager. No, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm West Brom. I'm West Brom Monday. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do mine. I just want to reiterate that on the 15th, we've got the walk for the QPR Tiger Cubs, which is the team for kids with Down syndrome. And we're walking 10 miles or maybe more to raise money. So to raise money for that, please Google Tiger Feet 13. Um, any, any any help is really appreciated. And that is, that, that's something of the club that is going completely right. That's the, that community side that does so much. As, as it always has. You're absolutely as it has, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Chris. yeah. Um, so I'm going to go... T- an optimistic 2-1 against Preston for us. Uh, Paul? Well, don't forget we've got West Brom as well, but maybe we just best ignore that. Oh, we do um, that one time, yes. One game yeah, at just, time, just, literally. Sweet Jesus. Um, two quick stories. On Saturday, um, there was me and four other guys from Northern Ireland, which got walked in the middle of the um, Wigan youth, who were calling us all this cockney scum and cockney bastards. And the, the look on their face, we all turned around and said, we're actually Belfast bastards. And they couldn't go. So why do you support QPR for Belfast? Every single one of us was like, why not? We're a great side. We're a great team. We love our club. And why do you support Wigan? So that was quite funny. But they're all like in the little vapes and the flipping designer world. It was was actually quite funny. I swear one of them was was, my dog is older. It was ridiculous. Anyway, that's quite funny. But um, one thing I will, we haven't talked about. And we should, oh yeah, prediction. I think um, Friday, please God, we win 2-0. And West Brom, just whatever we get, we get. It'd be great to get a, a point there. 
Um, just get something on the board. Even a point on Friday and a point Saturday, Monday would be great. Anyway, um, was the incident with Leon and the fans where he came over and had a bit of a pop at the fans and he said he was only trying to calm them down. Um, I think everyone knows what they've seen and um, it, 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 if he is going to try and calm them down, he shouldn't get a job in the UN. Um, you know, and I just think we should just let that go now at the back of our mind. And like Ian said on Friday, just get behind everyone, go for it. We've got nothing to lose now except our position in the league and we don't want to lose that because if this club go down, it's going to be like Ian's game against Celtic that time, Ian. I'm sure you don't need me to remind you how difficult it was to put boys in the pitch. You know, Mate, so, it, it was absolutely horrific, you know, honestly. Yeah. It, I, I can't tell you how tough it was, but, you know, the, the mistakes were made way before I came there. Exactly. And, and that's and what, we don't want that unfortunately, again. we are still paying and we still have to pay again this summer for mistakes that have been made, right? Honestly. And in mistakes where we've saved money, we've tried to do things and it hasn't gone right. So, you know, what I'm saying is... is I know we're, and the more we moan about it, the worse it's going to get. So I'm saying I think we'll win both games. I think <laughs> we'll scrape. I think we'll scrape Saturday one nil, and then I think we'll we'll beat West Brom two, two nil. Brilliant. I'm that's, putting a bet on that. That's exactly what we need, mate. Well, listen, Ollie, I'm putting a bet on that, and we can share the winnings. Yeah. yeah. Well, mate, I, I I want us. I, Gareth's brilliant. It, it sorting that shoddy backline out at his club. He had to do that. So he had how many nil nils? How many how many did he actually work? And for mm. the attack minded player that he was, he really understands that defensive thing. So you know what I'm saying is if we can cut out mistakes going into midfield where we're totally and utterly predictable the whole goddamn time. And really does do our center halves want to do that? Do our midfield really want it? Why can't we do something slightly different? And I think Gareth knows how to do that, you know, because at the minute he'd, he'd rather have three at the back, he'd rather have four in in midfield, two and two, and he'd rather have wing back. So it, it it's quite. I've been with him, I've spoke to him, I know what he wants, and he does it really well. So I'm saying, just go along, and don't take that steaming dog turd with you that is not satisfactory with my club at the moment. Just leave it. Don't go in with that. I get one of them every morning, right? I got a chihuahua and when it rains, he won't go out. So I get a turd every morning at least. One of them's from him and the other dogs now start shitting where he has. So <laughs> I don't need that smell every morning. I got to deal with it. And now I ignore it and I refuse to take that angst I felt against him. Why are you shitting in my house when you could go out in the garden? Right? So we got to forget about it. Why in QPR what it should be? Do you know what? Let's make it what it should be. We can do it. Keep going. Love you lot. And Gareth does. And let's just not worry about anybody else. We can sort that out. Right? Amen. Perfect. That's, Thank you. And that's Thank a you perfect so end to the podcast. Thank you so much, Ollie. Um, and, and to Paul, as always. Charlie, of course. Um, that was a that was a, that was a that was a fascinating hour and a bit in your company. I'm sorry I dominated. I can't tell you. I, I Did am you? So I didn't passionate know about this <laughs> because... I've been there, I've seen it, and I'm telling you, I've worn your shirt, and I know how it feels. Well, it's to good be to out there. I know with... how it feels to be out there when people are moaning, yeah. and it ain't good. You're too close to it, you can hear it, and I'm telling you, it absolutely deflates you. No, you've every right to say whatever you want well, to say, Ollie. You've, you've again, that right. 
yeah and and and, and thanks for listening everyone who's listening um and yeah let, let's let's go as ollie said friday night a couple of beers beforehand under the lights and let's yeah let, let's cheer them on to victory please god okay thanks very much what a proper football club <laughs>